How's everyone doing? You all right? Don't lie. Liars. Who's battling right now? Who's just like, man, it's a battle. Like, who doesn't have the energy to put the hand up because the battle's so bad? <laughs> just do that. Just do a bit of that. And it's like, who's just like, oh, man. Like, it's really interesting. Like, I'm not, I put a little video on our Facebook group this week. I'm not a great, like, super spiritual kind of read the lie of the spiritual land sort of pastor. Really sorry if that's what you're looking for. I'm just not great at that. But, man, it's crazy the number of people that I'm having conversations with who are saying, man, it is full on right now. I don't know what, you know, it's just, it's full on. Um, you know, we know, there's a whole lot of stuff I know privately that I'm not going to, some of you are like, are you going to tell, tell they're going to talk about, but you know, I'm thinking of Terry and Harney, which is public knowledge, like man, like it's been hard for Terry, he's been battling, you know, and it's awesome that he's here, and, and um, I pray you'll be encouraged this morning, Terry, as, as we talk, for Beth and Paul, man, Paul's been battling with his health, and it's just been on and on and on, stuff's been going on, I know many of you, it's like, it's just been a battle, it's been tough in recent times, so I want to just acknowledge that. Like, we, let's not play games, pretend that, you know, it's all sweet. And the funny thing is, there's never a perfect time for 21 days of prayer and fasting, right? You're never like, oh man, I've got margin, and I'm not even hungry. So it's perfect, because I'm sweet, sweet as about fasting. Like, I'm not even hungry at the moment. It's weird. Like, it's never the right time to do this stuff. But it's interesting, because as we begin this year, this is a whole, there's a clarity of vision that I've personally never had as a pastor in my life. I've never had just a clarity like I've got now about why we move to the bay and what our church is called to, right? And we're pursuing renewal, discipleship, and wholeness. And how are we doing that? Well, part of it is we're going to pray and fast. We're going to press into the Lord, and we're going to begin just rhythms and culture, particularly of prayer, that are just like, Lord, you've done it before in history. You've done it before in places. We need a spiritual awakening in the bay. Things are tricky. Things are, are, are tough here, and and the you know people warned us when they when we moved here. Oh, bro, the bays are bays hard ground, bro, hard ground. Or oh, chews up pastors and spits them out, and all. And it's like, thanks for the encouragement. You know, all right, off we go to you know the war from Serbia of flipping the church planting or something. And it's like, and it's kind of true, isn't it? Like it's there's there's a, there's something about the bay. There's a spiritual thing going on here. I don't know what it is. So we're going to start praying. Lord, break it. Lord, pour out your spirit. Lord, bring unity in the churches. Lord, do something here that would just be sovereign because it's not by might nor by power. It's by your spirit. But whenever churches get clarity about vision and begin not just to talk about it but to do it, then you're going to get kickback. From the enemy. Now, again, this is those of you that know me. No, I don't preach like this ever, ever. This is the, I'm like, who am I? What's going on here? But I'm like, there is there is kickback. The enemy's wanting to distract, and particularly the enemy's wanting to discourage. Just discourage. Uh, I don't like pastors. They reckon fall morally because of either the gold, the gills, or the glory. Right? They meddle in the finances. I don't think that's going to be an issue because there aren't much finances for me to meddle with. So that's like, I just need to. The girls thing I've had issues with. And so I've got very strong disciplines around that. And, um, you know, I've got an ego pretty aware of that. But I don't think those things are going to take me out. If anything's going to take me out of ministry, it's going to be discouragement. I reckon that's how, like, the enemy gets so many Christians, they just, you just get discouraged. 
And if you've had hopes or dreams of any sort in regard to your life with Jesus, or your life in general, you're going to have to deal with discouragement. Next slide. Because this is so often how we think it's going to be. We think it's, life is going to be like this, right? You know, I'm like, say like for the case of Bay Vineyard, we're going to plant the church, and then in, you know, 18 months later, it turns out we're going to get real clarity about our vision. That's going to be a 10-year vision beginning in 2020. And then in 10 years' time, we're just going to be smashing it, you know? And it's like just easy. And it's like, well, no, life and church and everything is more like the squiggly mess, right? It's like, and I don't know whereabouts you are on that journey, but, you know, I'm in the middle there somewhere, and I suspect many of you are as well. It's like, man, it's just, it can get confusing, disorientating. We can feel like things are all tricky. Um, and sometimes life can get tricky because of our own foolishness, you know? So the Bible talks a lot about wisdom, and, and God's heart is that we would treasure and pursue wisdom. If you make wise decisions, life gets a lot less stressful. Hallelujah. Right? How many of us have, have overextended ourselves at some point in our life with our finances? Where you're like, oh, I just got to get that car. Or, you know, in my case, I've got to get that guitar pedal. Like, I need it. If I get that guitar pedal, my life is going to be sorted. Not only that, when I play that guitar pedal, the glory of God is definitely going to come. So even though I don't have $400 for that, I have an amazing little card that will magically help me get it. And so then ding, ding, ding. And then I'm stressed to the eyeballs a couple of weeks later because the glory hasn't come like I thought. The pedal's okay, but the novelty's worn off. And I've still got bills plus interest on top of those bills. And it's like, that's just, we get into ourselves on these pickles and it's not because the enemy, it's because we've been a bit dumb, right? And so we've got to pursue wisdom. We've got to learn how to do, you know, our finance as well. Or we've got to learn when not to say something. Guilty as charged, you know, where it's like, oh, that made a whole lot of relationships super tricky. And it's like, well, maybe I should learn to and just sit on that overnight. Maybe I won't feel as strongly the next day. <laughs> or maybe I won't send that email, you know, whatever it may be. That's just wisdom. And so that stuff is on our side of the table. And we just say, yep, I want to learn, Lord, to live more wisely with my finances and with my relationships and with my time. So I'm not getting overextended. I've got margin. I'm not being stretched, blah, 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 right? But the second type of, of stress is just out of our control, <laughs> You know, I, um, I tweaked, I'm on Voltaren this morning, I tweaked my back the other day, you know. We got a new caravan, some of you guys saw that on Facebook, super stoked. And it's like I'm putting up the awning on uh, yesterday, and now because I'm nearly 40, it's like, oh dear, that's not good. And then you're like, oh, and then you're like, maybe, oh no, that's not good. And I'm like, all right, pom Voltaren. And it's like, I, you know, it's just the reality. My body's starting to get a bit old and crusty, and it's like I don't work out that much, and I'm paying the price of my lack of flexibility and all the rest of it. Some of you guys are like, your body's old and crusty. <laughs> Have you seen the scar on my knee with the new knee and the new hip and the little aches? And... I was, uh, we got this, because we got a new caravan, it turns out our cars couldn't tow it, so we had to, um, <laughs> got a new car, um, <laughs> which meant that we could, we couldn't, our budget for our caravan went down, but it meant we could buy any caravan rather than like the one in 100 that our little crappy car could tow. So we've got to sell a car and, so, you know, I'm in this new car, and, um, and I, I go to reverse, and it turns out there's this giant blind spot in our new car, and it turns out my wonderful wife had parked uh, the car we're hoping to sell in a spot she normally doesn't park it, and so, you know, so I'm running late for a meeting, and uh, crunch, you know that sound, you know that sound, it's just like, 
And I'm running late. I'm feeling under the pump anyway. And it's like, there's the car we're hoping to sell that I've just flipped anyway. So sometimes it's just like, what's going on in life right now? It just seems like bang, bang, bang. And I'm joking, but it's like, I, I felt like I've been under the pump and not, Yes, in part, there's always a part of my foolishness, but a huge part of it just is like, what's going on here? Like, this is just crazy, the amount of stress that seems to be accumulating in my life that just is out of my control. It's just, what's going on? And so uh, I was, I've been trying to strengthen myself in the Lord as we're praying and fasting, and as I've been encouraged about the fact that a lot of other people are battling. <laughs> Isn't it nice just to talk about it today? Let's just normalize it. Man, it's been t- it's tough, right? you're not the only one, right? You're not in isolation. There's something like, it's tough right now for a lot of people. Um, I've been listening to this great guy called John Tyson, and I've posted, I've scheduled a post that will go live at 11.30, because I don't want you checking Facebook right now. At 11.30 on our group page, I've posted two sermons that if you want to encourage yourself in the Lord, I'd love you to have a listen to those. And, um, and he says this, our battles and struggles matter, but our lives cannot be reduced to our personal problems. Our lives are part of something bigger. And I want, us, I want this morning to lift our gaze a little bit and just go, my job this morning by the, through the power of the Holy Spirit is to say, let's lift our gaze just from the battles that were going on and, and lift our gaze to the Lord and acknowledge that we're part of something bigger here that's bigger than the struggles that we've got. And I would actually say in this moment that some of us are battling and there's stuff going on because of the bigger vision that we have corporately together to see the kingdom of God advance powerfully in the bay. And we're moving beyond talk, we're praying, we're fasting. You know, I'm proud of the murmurings I'm hearing of people engaging with this. I'm proud of our church. We aren't talky-talky, we're walky-walky. Many of us praying and fasting and contending, Lord, and this is going to become a rhythm that we just walk into now for years and years. But, but our desire is that He would pour out a Spirit. And so one of the things that I've been doing, which I haven't done before either, is I've been just trying to remind myself of the stories of when God has moved historically, which is why I'm listening to this guy, John Tyson, who's a very, very grounded, orthodox, very intelligent, nuanced uh, pastor, theologian, but he's talking about revival right now. Now, I haven't listened to many revival preachers because I'm, I'm kind of a bit skeptical and cynical by nature, and I'm, I'm, I just want the real deal. But this guy is the real deal because I've heard lots of his stuff, and I'm like, ooh, he's preaching on revival. He's visiting places where this has happened. He's calling his church to pray and contend for this stuff. So I've been listening and, and hearing about the move of God in the Hebrides, the Isle of Lewis in Scotland, where God poured out his spirit, two faithful old ladies, prayed and contended for years and they were, they were, their hearts were grieved by the lack of young people in the church. One of them was blind and they can, they, every week, uh, for twice a week, they would pray from 10 p.m. till whenever they just felt like they should stop, often very late into the morning. They would pray, Lord, pour out your spirit on the bay. Lord, we need, you to, to, we need young people. We need to see them saved. And God began to move sovereignly in, the, in, 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 in this island of Hebrides for a number of years. Where, where pe- and young people came, and the interesting thing on all of these moves of God is the repentance that took place. People would just be so convicted of their sin, and in the island, island of Hebrides, young people were walking into the church, just drawn by the power of the Spirit, nothing, kind of no social media marketing or anything, and just bowing down and weeping and weeping and weeping as, as they got a revelation of their state of their heart. 
and like people could not console them. And, and four in the morning, these young people would still be there just crying out uh, for mercy and God would just be healing them and ministering in the Spirit of God. Just on The Azusa Street revival, I've been looking into that and just what God did there in LA. I mean, these were not rich, powerful people. This was uh, an African-American man who would just be behind this kind of pulpit that had a sawdust floor and he would just be yelling, He's holy, you know, behind this thing. And people would just be crying out and the Holy Spirit would be poured out. People couldn't even get near this crusty old building because they'd be falling down under the power of God. I mean, this has happened time and time again throughout history. There have been moves of God. And so what we're doing here in Bay Vineyard is saying, we want to see that here. Like, you know, I was talking to my dad last night. It was his birthday. Ring him up. How are you doing? And we wound up talking about moves of God. And um, he was telling me the story uh, about this um, little place in Canada, Pond Inlet. Just over a thousand people were in this place. And they, the church began to gather for prayer because they were concerned about the number of young people beginning to take drugs. They began to cry out. And the, again, this Holy Spirit just came and just began to move over this town in a very sovereign way. And they had this one moment in a meeting. You can check this out on YouTube, where the sound like a jet engine just began to fill the room, like shaking the walls. And they thought, oh, the sound system's broken or something. They turned the sound system off. And, like, and, and somehow they've got this little tape deck in the back that's still recording, even though the sound system's off. And you can hear it on this terrible audio, this whole room. And it's these humble little folks in this thousand people town. And they just, to this day, they just start weeping. It's like, oh my gosh, God came and visited us. Who are we that God would come and visit? Lord, let it happen here in the bay. We're this little place. We're a little region. You know, people said to me when we moved here, not only is that hard ground, but you, you should be going to Auckland, Wellington or Christchurch, one of the main centers, because you should be in the city of influence. And for some reason, God called us here to the bay in the regions. And it's like, yes, Lord, this is why I'm here. I want to be here to pray and fast that God will pour out His Spirit like He did in the island of Hebrides or in Azusa Street. And it may not be in my lifetime. I'm totally cool with that. It may not be in my lifetime, but I want us to be a church that lands the foundation for a sovereign move of God where we see a spiritual awakening here in the Bay. Amen? Who's with me? I don't want to, I don't want to do this on my own. And so it's happening. It's ordinary it's, but it's happening. It's ordinary people who are going to get together tonight in the lounge in Pyramai and say, Lord, pour out your spirit on the bay. It's ordinary people who are saying no to TV or no to Facebook or no to food and saying, yes, Lord, we want you more. It's ordinary people, but we're doing it and we're going to continue to do it. But here's what I, the enemy hates this. The enemy hates it. So if you're feeling discouraged, if you've had random arguments, if you're feeling flat, if you're feeling like you're under the pump, just know that it's because you're part of something bigger here. So we need to encourage each other in the Lord this morning. So here's a number of things I'd like to invite you to do if you're feeling like this, okay? Here's my top tips around how to navigate a season like this. Number one. Number one. Here we go. Process. Share the burden. In Galatians 6 verse 2, it says... Uh, that we are to bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. Bear one another's burdens. Get your head around this. I can't bear your burden if I don't know you're carrying one. And every single one of these points, there'll be an alternate option, and that's to stoically do it on your own. The enemy will want you to stoically do it on your own, but that is just not the way that you do life and community with Jesus. 
We're called to bear one another's burdens. Here's the big lie you have to confront when you think about sharing your burden. You're worried that you're going to burden someone else and make them feel a bit rats. Everyone's like, oh, no. Like, honestly, a number of times as a pastor, people say to me, I don't, I'm worried, Sam, that I'm going to burden you if I share this. And I'm like, it's not a burden, it's a privilege. It's an absolute privilege when we share what's really going on in our lives. It's an absolute privilege to be on the receiving end of it. It's holy ground. And like, if you've got some wisdom, you know that it's not, I know it's not my burden to carry. I'm not God, but I know the one who is. His name's Jesus. And so I, every, most days I'll have some sort of intense conversation. And man, I just learned to give it to the Lord. It's not a burden, it's a privilege. I get to cheer people on. Now, I'm not inviting all, however many hundred of us to come and tell everything to the pastor. That may be a little, little overwhelming because we're all called to be in community together. I can't be everyone's best friend. It's absolutely impossible and Jesus wasn't either. That's the why it's so good he ascended to heaven, so now he can be everyone's best friend, hallelujah. But he had three that he was especially close to because he operated within the limits that every single human being has relationally. But as we gather in community, this is why home churches are important and why you feeling connected like you're part of the crew here is super important. There will be people that you can share with. And if it's big and you're a bit nervous about sharing it, absolutely I'd love to be there to hear whatever it is that you're wrestling with. It's a privilege and it's one of my roles as a pastor. It's a joy. But we've got people in this church who would love to meet with you. The second thing uh, from processing is gratitude. Uh, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Whole sermon in that, but get the will of God, like what's the will of God for my life? Well, to rejoice always, how cool is that? That somehow you can still rejoice in spite of everything that might be going on. To pray without ceasing, I'm going to continue to persevere in prayer, and to give thanks in all circumstances. So gratitude's super, super helpful. I've um, recently, as part of my rhythms, spiritual rhythms, um, um, devotional rhythms, sorry, um, I've been one, I've just been like, Lord, I want to practice gratitude a whole lot more. So in about October last year, I just began a little, I've got a tiny little notebook, and all I write in there is five things I'm super grateful for, and I do that almost every day. And so, and the reason I want to do that is I want to focus not only on, obviously, all the challenges and stuff, but I want to be, I want to condition my heart to be aware of the abundant blessing of God. And so like, all I'm doing this all the time, it's been really good for me because I'm like, you know what? One day I was like, God, thanks for my carpet. I just love my carpet. Like it's, it's we, didn't, we didn't get the carpet because we bought the house, already had the carpet in it. And we would probably wouldn't have bought that sort of carpet because it looks like flash carpet. But I really like walking on my carpet and bare feet. It feels great. And like, and once every two months when we vacuum it, it's especially fluffy <laughs> and it feels really good. I, so thank you, Lord, for my carpet. And then, you know, um, and I've just been doing that time and time again. It's like little things, big things. You know, obviously my wife and kids feature regularly, but it's like, <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> Because I'm like, man, I'm just so grateful for them. Like, yep, I feel like strangling, particularly the three little monkeys, sometimes, Jim, but most of the time the three little monkeys, I'm just, you know, can drive me up the wall. But man, I love them and they're awesome. And I'm just so grateful I've got children. And um, maybe you don't have children and you want them, but there might be other things. It's like, Lord, I'm just thankful for that. And in the midst of all these challenges and pressures and pain and discouragement and all, all of this, 
I'm like, I'm surrounded by things still that fill my heart with joy because God has blessed me abundantly. Sometimes, honestly, I'm, I feel like sometimes I'm just looking at, at a tree and I'm like, what an amazing picture of God's abundance and creativity and genius. And what a, it's, it's all just grace. It's just a picture of grace. Look how, and I'm getting real, I want to get like this more and more as I get older, actually, because my grandfather was like this, whoa, isn't that amazing? Whoa. You know, the danger is, it's like, no, let's, let's, in the midst of the challenges, let's, let's have a grateful heart. Give thanks continually. It's really hard to stay depressed when I'm filled with the awareness of the love and goodness of God around me. And can I say this? One of the things that's been featuring, featuring heavily in my little gratitude journal recently is you guys. I'm like, thank you, God. I've got a church that's up for it. Thank you so much. Last week was Sign Up Sunday. I was like, oh, this is recipe for discouragement this Sunday. We're going to do our little thing and no one's going to go over there and sign anything and I'm going to go home and be like, no one loves us and everyone wants to consume church, not contribute. Me, 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 me. I had it all worked out. And then everyone signed up. And we were just on Monday going through all the sheets and I'm like, what a great church. We're up for it. I was like, no one's going to turn up to the pre-meeting. It's going to be me and Blair. But we'll <laughs> Everyone turns up. It's amazing. It's, you know, and I'm like, I bet and no one comes to Adriana and Bryce's. People are turned up. It's just like you guys are up for it. And I just go, thank you, Lord, for a church that isn't just keen to spectate, but they're keen to get on the field. Move the ball up the park. Thank you. Awesome. Rock on. Number three, first thing, process. Number two, get grateful. Number three, get people around you who will encourage you. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11, therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. Sometimes we actually need to reach out to our friends and say, guys, I'm battling. I need encouragement right now. I had to do that. When did I do that, Luke? I can't remember when it was. Three or four weeks ago, I said, Luke, mate, I'm feeling like I'm under the pump a bit. I need you to encourage me. And it's, it's, that takes some humble pie. I'd eat some humble pie there because I want to be strong pastor that doesn't need encouragement and I'm all, well, I can carry the weight, you know, and all this sort of stuff. I need Luke, and Luke has. He's been so kind to me and it's meant something because it's from a dear friend of mine and he's just encouraged me. And this week, uh, I've just had a lot of people sovereignly reach out and encourage me and it's been just so good for my soul. We all need encouragement. We need people to speak that out and sometimes... We want a culture of that. And, and, you know, once or twice, in fact, I had a guy ring me this week. He said, you know, I just thought, oh, you know, people were trying to get in touch with you, and you probably already know it, but, you know, thought I'd just ring up and just say, you know, I'm denied, but I thought, oh, I might as well do it, can do no harm. And I'm like, don't be an idiot. I need this. I so need your encouragement. Thank you. And can I say this to you as a church? If you think God put someone on your heart and mind to encourage, don't amanar about it, just do it. Like you can't over-encourage someone. Don't worry about their ego or their pride. That's God's thing to sort out, and he does, trust me. He, hashtag many stories. Uh, and it's like he will, but our job's just to encourage. Our job's just to get alongside, okay? So if in doubt, just reach out and do it. Generic, who cares? Even if your encouragement, I see you under a waterfall of God's love, just give the generic word and just encourage people. All right. Fourth thing, encourage each other in the Lord. Let's, we need to learn to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. There's a lot of places we can turn to to find comfort, right? Yeah. Alcohol's pretty good. Carbs are pretty good. <laughs> Carbs are awesome, you know. 
Netflix, under shelter under the wings of the almighty Netflix, and he just soothes us soul and just zone out, right? Facebook. I mean, all of the, we've got a whole lot of things that are just saying, I'm over here, I'll make you feel good, I'll zone you out, I'll distract you from the problems and the, and the stresses that you're facing. And there's these things we turn to. And sometimes they can be very destructive. Sometimes they can be neutral, but they're just not that life-giving because they're not the Lord. And sometimes it is. They're just like I don't want to um, have a platonic worldview that's there's a dualism that says non-spiritual evil and spiritual good. Because you know I go for a surf on Friday and it's like I'm strengthening myself in the Lord, right? Sometimes we've got to just get out there and do you know go for a walk and all those sorts of things. I'm not just talking about going into a dark room and shooting under goodie under and all the rest of it, praying in tongues. If you're wondering what that was, um, but it's like, but. But there is a sense where the enemy will come and there'll be this resistance to going to the Lord when you're, when you're at a low ebb. We all know what that feels like. You're at a low ebb and it's like it's hard to, to choose Jesus. To, it's hard to click play on that worship CD. That Bible feels like it weighs three tons and it's just impossible to open. That podcast is just there in terms of teaching that could really strengthen you. But man, Netflix is just one click away and you know I could just go there or Facebook. So there's this resistance and there's this, but if you can get some inner strength and by the power of the Holy Spirit, he wants to help you in that. You're not alone. It's not a grit your teeth thing. You crack through into a place that is so deeply nourishing and refreshing. It'll lead you to strength of living water that will nourish your soul. It will lead you to the word of life, the bread of life that comes from the word of God. And it will deeply nourish your soul. And so there's a number of things you can do. I've got the, this passage here from Jude, uh, chapter, uh, verse one, uh, chapter one only, 20 to 21. Um, Dear friends, build yourselves up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, which is speaking in tongues. You don't have the gift of tongues, would love to pray that God would give you this gift because when you're at a low ebb, it's the greatest gift. Because I don't have it all, you know, when I'm at a low ebb, I don't want to have to work out what I'm feeling and what I've then articulate that. I just don't have that in me. When I'm at a low ebb, I just want to speak in tongues and let my soul just pour itself out to the Lord. It's this heavenly language that allows me, and I just begin to speak in tongues and it begins to just edify my soul and it builds me up in my soul. And so I've prayed a lot in tongues in the last little while. It's just a thing I can just turn to and it just begins to build up my, my soul. Psalm 55 verse 22, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Cast it to the Lord. You know, the Psalms are filled with rants and raves. This is not fear, God. This is not fear. I don't like how you're doing this. Lord, would you get my enemies and really deal to them? Would you get their babies' heads and smash them against the rocks? Right? This is worship songs in the Bible. Now, we're all like, feel like we've got to come, but it's hardcore, right? It's like, chill out, bro. Now, God's not afraid of any of that. This is healthy. Get it out. One thing that God just breaks his heart, silence. He would farther pray the nasty psalm than have you just not engage with him at all. And then you always feel a lot better and you realise, maybe not, Lord, look after the babies. <laughs> Sorry about that, got a little warmed up there at one point in that song and, uh, oh dear, it's been recorded in history. Okay, uh, just let it out, let it out to the Lord, just process before the Lord. You are my hiding place. Is the Lord your hiding place? Is the Lord your refuge? Is he your hiding place? Is that where you go to? He'll protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. 
You're going to come out of this. It's going to be okay. He will speak to you. So uh, again, sermons, podcasts, opening the word, prayer, all of those things can help you to, uh, to in these seasons to, to, to not be derailed or taken off ramp with your faith, but actually to, to lean in. And this is my last point, is to persevere. Don't let the enemy win. Don't let the enemy win. Honestly, don't let him win. And if, if he has won a bit, just say, screw you, mate. <laughs> in fact, I've got a few boys from gang histories who have told their devil to F off a few times. Um, in fact, one of my friends, uh, anyway, story. One of my mates actually was as a preacher, and his mate told the enemy to F off. And then he was speaking at a Brethren church in Invercargill and was telling the story of his mongrel mob mate that told the enemy to F off, but he actually said the word. <laughs> Had all the elders lined up there after... I love this. Uh, in, in Micah, I don't think I've got this verse up here, sorry. But in Micah 7 verse 8, I love this. It says this. Do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. And though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. That is awesome. Don't gloat over me, my enemy. Yeah, I may have fallen. Yeah, you know, but the Lord is with me. And I will rise again. And though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Do not let the enemy win. This is my job today in the midst of all the battles that many of you are going through right now as we go through 21 days of fasting and begin a whole season, a journey for 10-year journey as a church to contend for prayer, for renewal in the bay. As we begin this, my job is to lift our gaze and say, this is what the enemy's doing. And right now as a church, we're saying to him, don't gloat over us, mate. We've spotted it, sorry. Even this dumb pastor who can't see any spiritual landscape to save himself, even this dumb pastor saw what you're doing and we've identified it and we're not gonna let you derail us in week one of our 21 days of prayer and fasting in year one. We're not gonna, no, we've spotted it. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna lean into the skid. We're actually gonna lean in. This is gonna cause us to pray even more. This is gonna cause us to contend even more. This is gonna cause us to make commitments that if we haven't fasted already, I'm fasting this week. I'm going to those prayer meetings this week. I'm gonna open the word again. I'm gonna start contending and taking back ground that the enemy may have taken because I'm not gonna just let all of this stuff distract me from what I want, what we're gonna see happen here in the bay. So we do not lose heart. Our outer self is wasting away and our back gets dodgy. We may crash into cars. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. We do not lose hope. We do not lose heart. Even though we may be wasting away our inner Man, our inner woman has been renewed day by day. We'll be made new. There's a new energy and life and vitality coming by the Spirit of God. And so this morning, I want to give us an opportunity to just allow God to meet with us. And that may be any number of these things. Maybe you just need to process and share the burden with the Lord and maybe with someone else in your life that's a friend of yours and say, man, I'm tired of carrying this on my own. I just want to tell you what I'm battling with at the moment. Maybe uh, this morning you want to practice gratitude and say, Lord, in spite of all of these challenges, Lord, I just want to call to mind the abundant blessing. Thank you for my jandals. Thank you for this shirt. Thank you, Lord God, for a church community. Thank you for the seat. Thank you for the lunch I'm about to eat. Thank you, Lord, that I get to uh, drive home, not walk home. Lord, thank you for your abundant blessings in my life. 
Maybe you need to invite people to encourage you at this time. You need to reach out and say, man, I'm battling. I need you to just speak words of life over me. And we'd love to do that via prayer today for those of you that are feeling under the pump. We just want to encourage you in the Lord. Uh, some of us probably need to make a commitment that we're not going to just look to, to the carbs or to the cheeky wine at the end of the day or to the Netflix, but we're going to also just build in some habits that see our inner man strengthened in the Lord. And so we just, the Lord by Spirit will just be give you some ideas about what that could look like practically. Maybe it's speaking in tongues. Maybe it's listening to some of the talks that I've posted. Maybe, um, uh, maybe it's listening to worship music, whatever it may be. And lastly, uh, I'm praying that by God's Spirit there'll be this thing of I'm not giving in. I'm not going to just be a spectator. I'm, I'm going to go even deeper in the Lord. I'm going to go deeper. I'm going to persevere. I finish with this. Um, this has made the rounds on Facebook, but um, uh, Mike Pilavacci posted this quote by Alan Scott. He said, The future doesn't belong to the brilliant, but the resilient. Not to those who avoid scars or pain, but to wounded healers who choose to give again. And then uh, Mike Pilavacci said, Perseverance is underrated. Lord, give me the gift of plodding, <laughs> the determination to obey you whatever the circumstances. Amen? Let's stand together.